0: Over the years, I've gotten into a lot of debates, organized debates, uh, dealing with the uh, substantiation of the Bible, whether it be the Word of God, even in debates dealing with uh, the incarnation, God who became flesh. And I have to agree with something C.S. Lewis said a long time ago, C.S. Lewis has always been... A writer and theologian that I tremendously uh, appreciate. In fact, it was because of his writings and such that I even made application to Oxford. He was just incredible, incredible philosopher, theologian, writer, uh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, he was professor at Cambridge and also as well as Oxford. And he said, "I don't want people to make the mistake of just stating that Jesus was a good moral teacher." He said, don't ever make that mistake. He was not just a good moral teacher. Some people, you can, you can even ask people of other religions. Said, do you think Jesus was a liar? Oh, no, no. Do you think Jesus was a lunatic? No. Do you think Jesus was God? No. No. Well, if, he was, if, if indeed he was who he claimed to be, then no, he could not have been a liar. He could not have been a lunatic. But to say that he was just a good moral teacher defies all of that. You see, it's, it's inconsistent. Just to say he was a good moral teacher. And so when somebody tells me, and trust me, I've heard that many times. Well, I may not be a Christian, but uh, because I, I've even realized that over the years there's two types of Christians. Uh, one is going to heaven, the other isn't. You say, why? There are those who believe that uh, they embrace the teachings of Jesus, such as the golden rule, such as uh, uh, how to treat our enemies, doing good things uh, to people in the community, and this, that, and the other. Those are what I call philosophical Christians. They won't go to heaven. But those who are born-again Christians, that's a whole different thing. Those are the ones Jesus said you must be born again. Those who are born again Christians accept Jesus Christ as to whom he claimed to be, which was God incarnate, and then see him as their personal Savior. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn, if you will, over to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read verses 13 to 17. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 17. I give people a chance here. I've been been accused of rushing it, so I don't want to rush it. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Look at verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. May God bless that reading, hearing of it to our hearts, let's have a moment's word of prayer. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we come into your presence. We pray that your word and your will be made manifest in this congregation, in this church today. For these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen and Amen. So if Jesus was not God, was he a liar? Was he somebody who, uh, you know, last week we read scripture substantiating that the Bible claimed that Jesus was God. And the most fascinating thing about God's Word, if you think that Jesus was just a good moral teacher and you liked his writings, then you have not read his writings. Because here's one of the most amazing things about Jesus' teaching. He not only taught those things from a godly perspective. Now remember, Jesus only ministered three and a half years. You know that? Only three and a half years. And yet here is something that is the most unique thing the earth has ever known. He only ministered in three and a half years, and nothing, no teaching, no prophet, no spiritual leader ever affected the course of history and, and man, mankind like those three and a half years. That within itself is head and shoulders over anything else. That, that is one of the most unique things. And the things that he established out of that. Alcoholics have been freed from alcoholism. Drug addicts have been freed from drug abuse. Abusive individuals have been set free and their hearts made tender. Jesus and his teachings has softened the heart of mankind. Nothing, no other teaching, philosophy in the world can, can claim that. If you don't believe that Jesus was God you'd think he's just a good moral teacher, then you are actually saying that you believe Jesus was a liar. Because you cannot divorce Jesus' teaching from the reality that what he taught was that he was God who came in the flesh. Do you see that? If you don't believe he was God, then you're saying you don't believe the teachings of of Jesus or Jesus was a liar. You cannot say that He is not whom He claimed to be. God's Word tells us in John 1:1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can't divorce the Word of God from Him being God. So that if, you, if you can't say that He was God who came in the flesh, and you'd be surprised how many people, even there are a lot of preachers in pulpits, who do not believe in the supernatural, the divinity, the metaphysical aspects of Jesus Christ. But they'll teach his teachings, and yet will, what's like Thomas Jefferson? Thomas Jefferson, I've, I've heard people say, oh, I saw in Moody Monthly where they're advertising the Jefferson Bible. I said, you don't want it. Oh, why? I'd like to have the Jefferson Bible. No, you don't want it. Because Jefferson left everything that Jesus taught except anything that had to do with the miraculous, with the supernatural. And in Jefferson's Bible, what he did was, after Jesus was crucified, after Jesus was buried, after they rolled the stone in front of the tomb, that was the end. Because if you don't believe in the miraculous, if you don't believe that which defies quote-unquote science, there's no resurrection. And God's word says, if there's no resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15, we are of all people most miserable. Was Jesus lying? Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says, God who cannot lie. The Bible makes its own statement that God cannot lie. Was Jesus lying to everybody? A megalomaniac that wanted people to follow him? If he was just wanting people to follow him, he was not only lying, but it would have been the most demonic thing in the world to tell people, here's Jewish people. He tells Jewish people to turn away from your faith and follow me. So if that were the case, he'd be worse than a liar. He'd be somebody who was purposely leading people to hell. But that's not the case. Because he wasn't a liar. Everything that he predicted happened. He said, shortly hereafter, Jerusalem itself will be compassed about with armies. Guess what? In AD 70, that's exactly what happened. Most of all Jewish people were killed during Titus coming down from the north and executing Jews and surrounding Jerusalem. In fact, they'd take the dead bodies, throw it outside the wall of Jerusalem, and the stench of dead bodies around the entire wall of Jerusalem was so bad, even the enemy couldn't get close. Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, take your family and head to the hills. Everything Jesus said come about. He said, destroy this body in three days, I'll raise it up again. And that's what he did. Jesus said, go over there in Bethphage, and there'll be a donkey tied in which man never rode." Tell them you have need of him. And guess what? That donkey was there. Jesus, everything he said, came about. And there were hundreds and thousands of eyewitnesses who heard his teaching. Even Flavius Josephus, who was a historian for the Roman government, recorded about Jesus. You see, nobody in a right mind could ever say, well, Jesus never existed. That's just that's just foolish. That's just that person's not only ignorant, he's stupid. You see, that'd be like saying, well, Abraham Lincoln, I don't believe he ever existed. Or uh, George Washington never existed. It'd be crazy. Because all of history, even outside of the writing of the Bible, records events of Jesus. There's what was called the Antonician Fathers. Now, that's, that's not a Catholic thing. It's what was called those who wrote about Jesus immediately after Jesus' resurrection. In other words, basically from A.D. 100 up till the time of the uh, 4th century of the Council of Nicaea. They wrote about these things. They wrote that Jesus was God. But you'd be surprised how many people, this day and time, who fill pulpits. And one reason they do that is because they believe that nothing can be substantiated except for what you can testify or witness with your five senses if you can't verify it with your five senses then it doesn't exist and yet these same people do it every day every time somebody's come to me like that I say okay let's test that theory do you have a brain yeah have you ever seen it no therefore you have no brain do you have a soul let me tell you something about a soul. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, God's Word says, The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to a dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In that passage of Scripture, we see that there is a designation between soul and spirit. Yet in some passage of Scripture, those two words are used interchangeably. But there is a difference, I truly believe, in the reference to soul and spirit soul is something that gives life we know that even the animals is referred to in ecclesiastes when they die the soul goes back to the ground the breath of life is contained in the soul and those who are not saved can have an earthly soul they think in regards to carnal things god's word tells second Corinthians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 the natural man receiveth not the things of god for they are spiritually discerned neither can he know them So the natural man has a soul as well as the Christian, but the Christian has, capital S, Holy Spirit. His soul is regenerated so that just like we read here in Matthew 16, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father in heaven. And they see all of life then not only as the soulish man sees it, but they see the emphasis and the overtouch of God in everything. They see the lordship of God. And so if you believe that Jesus was a good moral teacher, then you have to conclude he was a dangerous liar because most of what he taught dealt with him being God. Was he a lunatic? Did he really believe he was God incarnate, but he really had a problem? We know in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, that after his friends, this is when he first started his public ministry, his friends said, we need to go get him because he is beside himself. People who knew him said, you know, he's, he's crazy. We need to go get him. You see, he had not revealed who he was until he was 30 years old. When Jesus taught that you Pharisees will kill me, Even the Pharisees said, he's beside himself. Nobody's trying to kill him. In other words, you're paranoid. And yet he knew what was in man's heart, God's Word says. And yet, many psychologists and psychiatrists have studied the life and the work of Jesus and have to conclude there was no greater sanity than what he taught and who he was. In the midst of all kinds of turmoil, when people were losing their head, he was calm and he addressed the situation. Jesus himself said in John 14, 27, Peace I give unto you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We know that, 2 Timothy 1 9, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We know in Isaiah 26, 3, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Insane. He taught the most blessed teachings that the world has ever known. To love your enemies, not to retaliate. To esteem others greater than yourself. Therefore, he wasn't narcissistic. He even said, I come to serve, not to be served. So he, he wasn't some kind of megalomaniac. And he taught words of eternal wisdom. That all the writings of the Shintoists, all the writings of Confucius, all the writings of Buddha, all the writings of all, all the philosophers in the world fall in comparison. With the sweet, sweet teachings of Jesus Christ. Nothing else has ever touched the heart of man. In fact, look, if you will, very familiar past scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Matthew 22. And I want you, very familiar past scripture, but very. Let's start with verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbours thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Every time they tried, here's the lawyers, the scribes, the Pharisees, every time they tried to set an intellectual academic trap for Jesus, he turned around on them to where they couldn't answer. He exposed them for the lunacy that they possessed, the inconsistencies. Do you notice he says, thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart. All thy heart. In regards to Was he a lunatic? There is no other book that you can pick up and read where the words will pierce your heart like the Holy Bible. In Luke chapter 24, we see that there were two strangers on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus disguising his appearance or blinding them that they could not recognize who he was immediately. This is after his death. He came along and walked beside them. And he said, it says, he opened a scripture up to them them, that they heard it as though they had never heard it before. And Jesus went into the house and broke bread with them. And then all of a sudden, their eyes were opened and they recognized this was Jesus the Christ, the Jesus of Nazareth. And he vanished before them. And the two people there said these fabulous words. Said, did not our heart burn within us as he broke the word of God? Did not our heart burn within us? I read a professor one time who taught psychology. He said, I don't care what the malady, he said, if you pick up the Bible and read any selected verses, it'll automatically tell people what they need to do and be. Lunacy. Never was sanity ever exemplified as in the life of Jesus Christ. Lord, In John 20, Thomas, also known as Doubting Thomas, appeared and said, I won't believe unless I can put my fingers in his hand and in his side. Jesus stepped out from behind the metaphysical curtain, if you will, and said, Here, put your fingers in my hand and my side. Thomas fell down on his face and he said, My Lord and my God a good moral teacher then you've called him a liar or a lunatic is he Lord he said he was he proved he was and in the three and a half years you see if if he was going to propagate his teaching in a way that'd be truly acceptable in those three and a half years he would not have started in Israel He would have gone to Greece where polytheists or many gods were accepted. He'd have gone somewhere else. But it was prophesied. And he was the fulfillment of all that was prophesied of the Christ, the Messiah. In just three and a half, I can't do it a little funny, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Never traveled over a hundred miles from where he was born. And nothing has shaped the course of mankind. And and not only that, but his teachings, his teachings cross over all of time and still applicable. His teachings have touched the heart of, I don't care what tribe, what nation, what people, and applicable. It It has crossed the human experience and applicable to all people. If you have your Bibles with you, turn over here to Mark chapter 14, starting verse 61. Mark chapter 16. Four, yeah, 14. I'm sorry. Did I say 16? Mark chapter 14. i I going to have to get me a flat pulpit because everything drops out of my Bible. Everyone, done. Mark 14, start with verse 61. This is when they had arrested Jesus. But he held his peace, when he abusing and questioning Jesus. But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes and said, What need we any further witness? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty of death. Lunatic? No. Somebody who was a lunatic or a liar, knowing after he was arrested... And what was going to become of him would have said, I didn't mean it. Nobody's going to die and suffer what he suffered if it were not true. Anybody who has any ability to walk and breathe knowing and had described exactly what he was going to go through before it ever happened and walk right into it. God. Jews had no problem of realizing whom he claimed to be. When he said that he was the Son of God, at the right hand of the Father, the priest rent his clothes because he's putting on this dramatic display that this is blasphemy. He claims to be God. It amazes me. So many people today say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. The biblical ignorance that runs rampant this day and time is unbelievable, and that's just in the churches. They knew exactly what he meant. And when he said, I am, I don't know how clear you can get. Now, here's the interesting thing. When they came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, some of you heard me share this before. I think it's one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. And the, 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 those who came to arrest Jesus, they said, are you Jesus? Are you the one? Are you Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus said something In Greek, that's amazing. He said in Greek, ego eimi. See, if you're just going to say I am, he just said ego. But when he said ego eimi, if you remember reading, it said that the guards fell to the ground. Remember that? Fell to the ground. You know why they fell to the ground? What Jesus said was the exact same thing that Moses heard out of the burning bush. When Moses said, whom shall I say sent me? And God said, you tell them that I am sent you. When Jesus said, a go a me, he said, I am that I am. That's why they fell to the ground under the immediate momentary glow, if you will, of the presence of God revealed. Was he crazy? (laughs) Not hardly. Not by a long shot. Such sanity was What do you think who started the Red Cross? What do you think Harvard and Princeton, all these universities were colleges established by Christians? All these different medical things you know, it, it absolutely amazes me the stupidity of people saying, there, in fact, there are uh, uh, books out, current books out, saying there's been more atrocities done in the name of Christianity than anything else. How myopic? That's why right. I say, look at the Salem witch trials. Hundreds of women were executed. No, if you go back in history, I think it was 12. But they'd like to blow it up in history. What about the Inquisition? Yes, there's always been mean people, even within church, but that is not the true message. Yes, and they did kill some people. But on the other hand, what about the atheist and the agnostic? Saul, Stalin killed millions of people. Hitler killed just over six million Jews. Ungolies has killed millions upon millions of people. And yet those who tried to attack Christianity and say, such atrocities have been done in the name of Christianity, not in the name of Christianity, but by evil people who were in part of Christianity. The message of Jesus was not that of murder and kill and pillage. It was to love those who curse you Do good unto them that would abuse you. Give unto those who need. Esteem others greater than yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in spirit, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Liar? No, everything he said come about, and yet to come about too. Lunatic? <laughs> no. we should have just a fraction of the sanity he possessed. So that leaves only one thing. He was a good moral teacher because he was God. Amen? Let's stand, if you would, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence to thank you for this day, to thank you for this time, to thank you for all that is you. Father, I pray if anyone here today doesn't know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life, that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord, my God, and my personal Savior. Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray.